My guest on this week's episode of Suds and Search is Noah Lerner, Product Director at Two Octobers. Noah is one of the most exciting personalities in SEO right now. He is an in-demand speaker, educator, podcaster, and frequent clubhouse organizer. Prior to joining Two Octobers, Noah founded Bike Shop SEO, a boutique agency helping bike store owners with digital marketing. At Two Octobers, Noah has created many impressive tools for SEOs, including a popular Google posting tool called Postomatic. I first met Noah on a demo for a tool he created called Search Explorer. It's hard for me to think of anything in my professional life that has surprised me more than this tool. Subsequently, I have watched Noah lead webinars about Search Explorer, and I got to witness everyone on the webinar had the same, oh my God, experience that I did. During his presentation at this year's MozCon, SEO Twitter was buzzing with people talking about Noah and this exciting new tool. Our mutual friend, Blake Denman, has accurately described Search Explorer as an SEO strategist's dream. What is Search Explorer? How can SEOs use it to get more value for their clients? How is it so inexpensive? I'm going to get answers to these questions and many others from Noah during this conversation. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with one of my absolute favorite people in search, Noah Lerner. We'll talk about how small agencies can access big data. We'll talk about what's wrong with native Google Search Console, and I'll spend a little time talking about how the best tool I've seen in years was actually created to play defense. Noah Lerner, welcome to Susan Search. How are you doing? I'm super stoked to be with you. How are you? I'm excited to have you on. This is like uh, a friend of ours at, at Search Lab, so I've like a ton to talk to you about. I want to try and go quickly, but Search Explorer is the first tool I can remember, I don't know, in probably my whole career that really surprised me in the most awesome way ever when I saw you use it. Yeah. I want to ask a lot of questions about it, but you know, one of the things that I like that you told us was why you even decided to make it in the first place. It was an interesting backstory. Uh, you know, why did you create Search Explorer? What was the original intent? The original intent was to have uh, analytical data that helped us bridge the gap between 2019 and 2021. I was super afraid of losing all that historical GSC data, and then our clients would hold us accountable for all the crazy performance that we were seeing in 2020. Uh, I primarily was working in the bicycle space, and if you've tried to get a bike this year or last year, you know that it's like the one of the hardest items to get during the pandemic. And so all my clients were totally killing it. And I was like, oh man, what's gonna happen when when like their revenue starts to go back towards normal? And then, so for me, originally it was like just an engineering challenge of like, hey, how do we get data in a database so we can then query it? And then after the fact, once I got all the data, it shifted into how do we make this actionable? And that's when we started developing the tool. I spoke to over a hundred different SEOs and different Zoom meetings to get insights on how to make it more and more useful. And uh, the outcome, I think the part that's really powerful about it is building like a massive haystack of data and then having all the ways of filtering that data to make it really actionable really quickly. And yeah. uh that's, I think, the the really cool power of it. It's sort of like reskinning Search Console, making it really, really useful and really actionable and customizable based on, you know, the nature of each individual site. Yeah, and, and full disclosure, Search Lab uses Search Explorer and we love it, so I'm happy to disclose it and, you know, endorse it. So, 
I want the tool itself. I've never built a tool like this, and I assume most of our listeners haven't either. So I was curious, like when you're getting started, do you already like imagine the major components in your mind before you do anything? Is there brainstorming? Take us back to those early days. I wonder what the first few steps were like. <laughs> so at first it was, how do we get data into BigQuery? That's where okay. it started. And I had been to a number of conferences where speakers, you know, I remember MozCon Local in 2017, there was a speaker from Portent in uh, Seattle, I think. And he was mm-hmm. sharing these cool uh, GMB dashboards that he'd built with Data Studio. And I was sitting there and he's like clicking between pages. And I was like, man, that's fast. Yeah, like man, that, yeah. that's fast. And so I've always had this goal of like getting data into BigQuery. So that was like in the back of my mind. And so I knew I wanted to get all this data into BigQuery. And then the engineering challenge was, can I backfill a website's data in five minutes flat? That was the goal. And then we accomplished that goal. And then it was, how do I make all this data really, really useful? And then all of the engineering stuff got kind of like pushed aside. And then all the focus went into data visualization challenges. Like how do we get each individual page to answer specific questions to provide value in different ways and work around an agency's workflow? And I feel like in version one, we're, we've produced something that's pretty powerful, but there's always room for improvement um, and customization. So like I built it with like an e-com focus and I'm really looking forward to partnering with agencies and organizations so we can make it really great for all kinds of like little sub niches, whether it's like for legal, whether it's for cars, whether it's service area businesses, uh, whether it's nonprofits, I mean, there's just lots of op- publishing totally. news, you know, like there's just lots of opportunities for improvement. I agree hundred percent. Just to go back. So you built this to play defense a little bit to, yeah. to make sure you had, you had a story to tell in 21 Yep. Uh, when everything came back, what was the, the light bulb moment when you realized this could be a tool for SEOs, this could be for everybody. Was it the big query? Uh, it was the look on people's faces when I demoed the tool. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. I showed you the tool, Mark, yeah. I went straight to Mike Tyson. You know, everybody has the plan until they get punched in the mouth. You had a look on your face like yeah. you'd just been. <laughs> I I remember. I mean, like, I'll never, I'll never forget. Yeah. Like, to give, like, the, the audience something, it was shocking to me. So, like. I've subsequently seen you do this to other people in other webinars and I get tickled by it. It's very cool to see, but like yeah. the, the, what would happen uh, in the demo, the part that I'll never forget is like, you would go into native search council. You would do something like, show me all the searches that have for sale in, in them. Yeah. And it would come back with like 200 queries or something like that. Then you'd go to search Explorer. You'd sit, do the same sort of thing. Segmentation and be like, show me all the queries. It would have like 20,000. Like not like like it's just a ridiculous amount more. I'm I'm totally making those numbers up, but he did this like a half a dozen times, and like it would just be like 10x or 100x the amount of yeah. queries from native. How is this is it, to our audience? Just like how are you getting that data? How does how do you have so much more than native yeah. Google Search Console? And were you even surprised? Like I was surprised that it was so much more out there. Yeah, like um. So the, the, the biggest takeaway is that Search Console, the native tool, allows you to see a, 
and analyze and export out in the performance tab a thousand rows at a time. That's the maximum. So okay. anything that has lots of search volume and lots of keyword modifiers, think about like your key brand, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, you might find that the key brand in Search Console gets you that full thousand rows. You then look at what's available in the API and you'll see that there's 25,000 rows. And, and you're like, oh, okay, what's the big whoop? Like, why is that valuable? For me, it's about all of the clicks that are hidden, right? Mm. It's not just the impressions. It's all of the clicks that we don't even have visibility into. And uh, like I'm talking about this in a couple of conferences coming up, but it's like if you look at all of those clicks to understand what that potential revenue is that's hidden, it's like take all those clicks multiply them by your average order value, multiply them by your conversion rate. And it's like, blam, that's $40,000 worth of revenue mm -hmm. for one brand out of 200 and whatever brands on the site. And you're like, it's not that that revenue is, is like you're going to lose the revenue. It's just that you don't know about it and you don't know yeah. to optimize around it. And so when you get it all through the API, it gives you just so much more visibility to understand like, the nature of the SERP and the nature of the landscape. And it's not just having more data, it's having more seeing everything and the yes. ability to quickly get to insights. I mean, I remember we were looking at a migration that you had just executed and it, mm -hmm. it was able to quickly pinpoint problems with how a migration had gone, right? In no time. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just goofing around and yeah. we just stumbled on it. It was, it was nothing. Yeah. I think there's a part of this. It took me a few tries to, to make sure I understood it, but we've heard, I've heard from uh, SEOs at really big agencies for a while about working with large data sets. And I always said those presentations were really interesting, but I work with small businesses with, you know, auto dealers and lawyers. And some of that stuff wasn't really applicable to me because it was just like either inex too expensive or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you need to run so much in, in, in ads or something like that. Yep. What you've been able to do is bring that down to somebody like these big query like expenses are a joke. They're like four cents for, for all this. Like it's not a big expense and yep. the speed is crazy fast. So there was this like big, I remember we were talking about like, there was this big moment when you, you figured out the speed part of it. Like it used to yep. take two and a half hours and you got to like minutes, yep. uh, you know, like, now it's available for all of us. Tell, you know, maybe tell our audience a little bit about BigQuery, what challenges it has it allowed you to overcome. Okay. So Google BigQuery is a database uh, tool that Google has built. Uh, it's really, really inexpensive to store data in it. It's really inexpensive to query the data. And it's really, really fast. It's designed to be able to handle petabytes. So it goes like kilobyte, megabyte, gigabyte, terabyte, petabyte. So it's yeah. like 10,000, I don't know, 100,000 gigabytes is a petabyte, something like that. So it's designed to be able to handle massive amounts of data. And the storage costs are really, really low. So like one gigabyte costs two cents a month to store. And when we look at massive sites or massive properties, we're seeing somewhere between one and two or three gigabytes over 16 months of data. 
So you can, you quickly get a sense. It's like, oh my God, it only costs me two to eight cents per client per month. Oh my God. And so I was thinking about the other day, I was like, damn, this is revolutionary. And there are a few things that, that I've, I've been a part of where I feel like we're making something approachable for everyone. And uh, that I think is the major value proposition is just sort of like, building something that everybody can have all the data for. Um, that's the exciting part for me. Yeah, you're, you're right to say it, it can go right down. You mentioned some client verticals. It can go right to the not-for-profit because it's that affordable. It's like a, it's a nothing amount of money to do some of this stuff. So it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, our mutual friend, Blake Denman, yeah. I was talking, he's the one who kind of introduced us to you, yeah. uh, to this tool. He called it, to me, he called it a strategist dream which I've been borrowing all the time. I think it's perfect. Uh, you can use it for keyword research, content ideation, content audits, you know, a, mil- a million different things. There's a million use cases. Uh, you've got these reports right away that you can examine. There's a striking distance report, so you can see that where you, keywords where you appear in six through 15, so maybe you wanna work on content that you already created. It's available to you in a couple of mouse clicks. Yeah. Maybe you wanna know all your question keywords, couple of mouse clicks. Bottom of the funnel keywords, again, just a couple of mouse clicks. How did you come up with those default reports, like the ones that are like the very first ones? And uh, do, you, do you have any other examples of how partner agencies have used them in cooler, surprising ways? Yeah. Um, I did a lot of research where I looked at as much articles as I could, as I could to learn about the buyer journey. Mm-hmm. And I just read a ton of different content and I tested a lot of the ideas that I saw uh, in different content. So like bottom of the journal of the journey, I, I found through reading tons of different articles, like lots of keywords, put them in a list, tried each one with different data sets, and then tried to learn which would provide meaningful insights and then included those. So we were able to build like a page for the top of the funnel you know, the middle of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel. And the problem, the the blessing is the curse a little bit. The blessing is that it gives us something actionable to start with right away. The curse is it's not perfect for every vertical, but because we built it in Google Data Studio, it gives us the ability to customize that for every client so that we can, we can, we can kind of like edit that list of words to, to make sure that they're meaningful for each vertical. It does take a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of work, but the outcome is that you get something that that's meaningful for each client. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it just it just occurred to me. Some people watching this might be thinking, "Okay, that's interesting." About you know, we talked about Native Search Council and some of the limitations in the data they have, but there are these other tools out there. There's SEMrush, there's Ahrefs, Supermetrics. They're probably getting the same data. That, that Noah is in, in reality, what, what have you found about the other tools that are out there? Uh, so I would invite anyone to check what's available through the Search Console API and compare the quantities of keywords that are tracked through SEMrush and Ahrefs. And I think what you'll find is that it's somewhere between six and 10X the difference. Wow. And, and that's just what's available through the API. It's not like Noah's magical. It's just, that's right. what's available. And, um, and that's SEMrush and Ahrefs. And there are other 
third-party tools that we're able to get uh, 60x of that are very popular and well-known. Oh, no amazing. Well, I mean, I just couldn't endorse this enough. I encourage anybody who's watching this. There's a a, a presentation we talked about. Blake, he like co-presents with you yep. on the 2 October site that you can watch. I watched that one live. It was awesome. Yep. And I just I thank Blake for introducing us to you and to this tool and, and for you for creating it. But one last thing about Search Explorer. We're one of the early agencies to, to get into this. We're just getting yep. started. Greg is using it a lot. It's, it, you know, as you're getting feedback from other agency owners and other agency principals, what's next for this tool? What's on the horizon? Where do you see it going mm, in the next question. year or so? Um, well, we want to start mashing with other APIs. We want to start connecting the data to uh, ads data. Um, we also want to start incorporating machine learning. Uh, it's going to be a lot more complex of a problem to solve. So there's there's a lot of research that's happening now, kind of like raw science, you know, like raw scientific research to, to learn about all this stuff. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to connect to trends, to ads, to analytics. Those three are total no-brainers. And then machine learning on top of that is pretty exciting. Uh, we're about to release another version of the tool, which is really exciting to us. We're partnering um, with another company that's going to make it really great for like solo practitioners and individual website owners, where they'll be able to um, have an account for $49 a month. And then for every property, that they want to add, it'll cost them $20 per property to scale out. So for an agency, you're going to see quickly that it's going to, it's going to get expensive, right? If you've got a hundred properties or 80 properties or whatever. Um, but for small agencies that are only have two or three big clients or something like that, or a solo website, this is how we can kind of bridge the gap to kind of democratize data and make it more freely available for everybody. And that's really exciting to me personally, because there's a lot of engineering challenges that we're still uh, almost unsolving in order to have like our tooling work with another uh, pipeline tool that, that we're really excited about. Amazing. Well, I, I, I want to kind of shift gears to, yeah, you guys have a lot of things going on at, at two Octobers. One of the people we just had on, I just talked to Garrett French, who, who your name. Yes. Out. Oh, I love and, Garrett. <laughs> I love Garrett. He's the man. Oh. And uh, he, he just, he was talking about a dinner you had with yes. him and Greg or something like that. And he yes. goes, this guy, Noah learned, he was so passionate and it just shows up. You're going nonstop. You're on clubhouse. Your speaking career is taking off. You're now going to be at this year's MozCon. You're creating tools and training people on those tools is time consuming. And yeah, you get, in addition to your responsibilities at two October, you're the founder of agency automators. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about what's going on over there. Where can people go to check it out? What is agency automators? So in 2019, it was like a Monday in March. I slacked my friend, Jordan Chu. We had been doing a lot with automation at that time to help other agencies automate internal processes. And we just felt like there wasn't, there just was not a place where SEOs could talk about that. And so I slacked them and I was like, hey, do you want to do a hangout this afternoon? We both had Zoom accounts. What the fuck? Ooh. It's okay. What the fizzle? 
uh, let's <laughs> let's have a let's have a Zoom. And we had like eight people. It was like Paul Shapiro, Lee Sweet. Hurst, who's like the godfather of Data Studio, uh, a bunch of other people. It was awful. It was like the worst thing ever. It was like so awkward. And then two weeks later, we had Hamlet Batista on. And by that time, we'd figured out no like how to do it, how to do it. And it was like two hosts and a guest. We still did that live and then we shifted towards doing it pre-recorded. But basically we talked to like the brightest minds in digital marketing who are doing anything around data. Like it's called agency automators, but really when you think about what that means, it's really about automating moving data around, which ah. took me forever to figure out. But um, but that's what it's about. And so we talk about building tools with Node, which is a, a, a version of JavaScript, yeah. Python guys, um, just people who are doing really cool stuff with anything having to do with anybody working on the cutting edge. You know, we've had all kinds of people on, whether it's like folks like Cindy Crum, Hamlet Batista, people who are doing stuff with schema, like Andrea Volpini, um, people who do really cool stuff with content, people like Kane Jameson and also um, Kristen Tinsky from Fractal. So it's like lots of really, really interesting people. We have our own YouTube channel. We also have a website. It's agencyautomators.com. Uh, but that was really, I mean, the thing was, I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about like finding your place in SEO, but <laughs> like that's really hard for everybody, right? Like, yeah, do I do right. content? Do I do local? Do I do technical? I didn't really understand how I fit in. I had all these like technical skills so I could solve problems that other people couldn't necessarily solve. And I had like a retail experience and an e-com experience. So I understood the challenges that were necessary to get conversions to grow. So I would build tools like the first cart abandonment recovery tool for like a bike e-commerce platform. Wow. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh man, no one has inventory. So why don't we build a tool that like notifies people when things come back in stock? So I built based on the the lessons learned of building the data pipeline. I used the same types of thought processes and the same technologies to do that, to build the notify me when this item is back in stock. So it's almost like having a wide area of knowledge and having a little bit of it, well, a medium to large amount of technical knowledge and being able to just listen for problems and then understand how solutions kind of can be joined and linked together to solve, you know, and, and that's how I found my spot, my, my space was like being this tenacious problem solver, you know? Uh, yeah. You are, you are indefatigable. Is that the right day? I know how to spell that. I'm not sure. I tenacious. We'll right. just go with tenacious. Yeah, tenacious. There you go. You, yeah, you just keep going. But I mean, it's amazing. Um, What's going on at two Octobers this summer? I know you've got amazing people there. Like the human beings who, who work there now and have worked yeah. there are, are amazing. Yeah. I'm a humongous fan of your, of your agency and yep. want to promote anything you have going on. We've got webinars coming up all summer long. Uh, we've got a really cool one that I haven't seen the deck yet, but I know it's going to be fascinating. It's about um, racial bias like how those biases come into how we do marketing, which wow. I'd never really thought about. So um, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, 
I think we're all excited as an agency to be able to like not work a little and <laughs> just like go camping with your family. Right. It sounds good. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. I'm going to New Hampshire and I'll be able to work from there. And that's like a huge thing that we did. Like when I joined the agency, I started March 30th of 2020. And the Friday before that, or maybe the Tuesday before that, was the first day where they were kicked out of the office building, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so I still have not been into the office after joining the company. A full year and 14, you know, 14 months later, I still haven't been in the office. And so we've just amended our, our employee handbook to state. And we have all had to sign this actually. It says you can, you can work anywhere you want. Like we had to sign that we can work anywhere <laughs> we want. Right. Wow. So, um, other than that, I mean, nothing like no major huge events. It's just, sort of chugging along. And the biggest thing that we have going is really just sort of launching our two October search explorer with that next version. I think that's really exciting. We also do internships. We've like the first digital marketing, uh, no, not internships, apprenticeships in the state of Colorado. Like we worked with the state to build a program out. And uh, we currently have, I think, one one apprentice or two and we're about to start two more which is really exciting that is so cool yeah. yeah well i think it's really neat so let me move on this is everyone's favorite part of the show noah uh -oh. this is where greg gifford gives gives me a question for the guest and gives me no context whatsoever so i don't know about it and you don't know about it and it's a little bit of a uh -oh. you know, high wire act for the both of us yours he said one word sushi does that ring a bell for you at all? F yeah. So that is the dinner. Okay. So the dinner took place to the best of my knowledge at a sushi restaurant in Seattle called Shiro's. I think it's Shiro's. It's at the okay. end of Pike's Peak, excuse me, uh, Pike's Market. And I think mm -hmm. it's on the north side of the market. You like go up the road, bang a left. And then you come up to, I think it's First Street and Shiro's is right there. It's like the best, I think, according to Greg, it's the best sushi place outside of Tokyo. Wow. And not only that, it has like, for those who are really into sushi, it has like three or four different types of tuna. So if you like Toro, I think it's called Toro, which is like the fatty tuna belly stuff. Like they have all that stuff that you just can't get anywhere. And uh, that was legit the best meal i've ever had you know it's like the top five meals i've ever had in my whole life right and yeah. what was amazing was that basically for three hours i interrogated greg and garrett <laughs> like i was just getting started in seo at the time and they were kind of encouraging me to like go out on my own and start my own gig and and then uh, within 10 months, I was kind of out on my own doing bike shop SEO. So that was just one of the most amazing nights of my life. Um, they were just amazing, just amazing to be around and just a really great, uh, just crazy positivity. And I feel like they they listened to me interrogating them because I kept making them laugh potentially. Uh, <laughs> Oh God! I'm that actually sounds like, like that sounds like an awesome dinner. Honestly, no learner. Oh yeah, never and like that would be an awesome dinner. I'd like a fourth chair next time you. Guys oh, do totally. That. And what was funny? I mean, I know that uh, 
I can be kind of awkward and sometimes maybe I come off as, I don't know if I come off as smart, but like maybe I come off as smart, but like in person at dinner, like I'm like really fun. So like that was the vibe there. And that was actually really funny when I showed you guys the tool. Greg goes, hey, I knew you were a really nice guy, but damn, I didn't know you were smart. (laughs) He did say that. Yes. He's like, I didn't know you were this smart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been awesome. Noah, you are like, just, I mean, you, you've taken COVID and just done like amazing things for SEOs and for the community. So generous with, you know, giving back and I encourage people follow him on, on Twitter, join his clubhouses, get involved in the webinars at at two October's. Everything you're doing is just like so, so good. And this tool is amazing. Can't wait to see you present at MozCon all the rest of the year. Uh, thanks again for coming out. I'm going to give you a virtual cheers and we'll sign off here. But thanks again, Noah. Damn, Mark, you rock. This has been so nice for me. Thank you. Uh, I am so, I feel blessed, honestly, to have been able to be here with you today and just what we've been doing at Two Octobers and to be a part of that team and to be in this industry. I just feel like I found my place. And uh, I just feel so blessed. Thanks. Thanks for everything. No, thank you. No. Yeah. We'll see see everybody next week. 